Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. The Rudy Giuliani Show. First of all, I, I have never discussed with my son or my brother or anyone else anything having to do with their businesses, period. And what I will do is the same thing we did in our administration. There will be an absolute wall between personal and private uh, and, and, and the government. There wasn't any hint of scandal at all when we were there, and I'll impose the same kind of strict, strict rules. That's why I never talk with my my son or my uh, my brother or anyone else, uh, even distant family, about their business interests, period. Uh-oh, Joe got caught with his hand in the cookie jar, didn't you, Joe? You certainly did. Well, guess what, ladies and gentlemen? Today, House Oversight Committee Chair James Comer, who has been with John Katzimatidis and Rita Cosby and the Katz and Cosby Show here in WABC Studios just a few months back, released just a few short minutes ago, as my good friend Greg Kelly highlighted here, the check, the evidence that Joe, in fact, did talk a whole lot to James and to Hunter about his business. In fact, it wasn't just discussions. We actually have the proof of this check. I just put this on my social media, if you haven't seen it so far, at Andrew H. Giuliani, of the actual check from Sarah and James Biden Sr., paying to the order of Joseph R. Biden Jr. for $200,000 on March 1st, 2018. They listed as a loan repayment, but the significance of this check on March 1st, 2018, was that AmeriCorps, on the very same day that James Biden wired, wrote a check to Joe Biden for $200,000, AmeriCorps, right before it, wired a $200,000 loan into James and Sarah Biden's personal bank accounts. Not their business bank accounts, but their personal bank account. I repeat this. AmeriCorps wires a $200,000 loan to James and Sarah Biden's personal bank account. That same day, James Biden writes a $200,000 check from the very same personal bank account that AmeriCorps wired the $200,000 to, to Joe Biden. So what's that tell you? A, it tells you exactly what Joe Biden said, which we've known, which we've known. But here's more proof that what Joe Biden said was a complete lie to the American people. He was directly involved in the Biden family business, in James's business, in Hunter's business. But the thing that is even more amazing about this is what AmeriCorps, which we see through bankruptcy court documents, explains their relationship with James Biden was for. In 2018, James Biden received $600,000 total in loans from AmeriCorps, which is a financially distressed and failing rural hospital operator. According to bankruptcy court documents, James Biden received these loans, get this, 
based upon representations that his last name, Biden, could open doors and that he can obtain a large investment from the Middle East based on his political connections. Ladies and gentlemen, another smoking gun. I I know the media has been asking for a smoking gun and wanting to know where this is and saying this is just the right here that's that's throwing stuff against the wall. It's not, ladies and gentlemen. We've seen time and time again what this actually means. And to see that there is a direct connection on a day where AmeriCorps, who again said that they wanted James Biden because of the doors that his last name could open up and the potential investments from the Middle East based on his connections. That same day that AmeriCorps wires that money to James Biden, immediately James Biden wires the exact same amount, $200,000, not from his business bank account, but from his personal bank account. So James and Sarah Biden basically were laundered, were, 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 we were, uh, yeah were kind of laundered. They were the laundered part of this money, if you think about it. This money should have gone really directly from AmeriCorps to Joe Biden, but then we would have known ultimately that he was using his political connections in order to influence this. Uh, let's actually go to James Comer, talk through this. It's about a two-and-a-half-minute clip, but I think this is significant enough that we got to get to this early in the show. This is James Comer, just released about 20 minutes ago. This summer, Joe Biden said, where's the money? Well, we found some. We're still digging into evidence subpoenaed from bank accounts belonging to Hunter Biden, the son of President Joe Biden, and James and Sarah Biden, the brother and sister-in-law of the president. A document that we're releasing today raises new questions about how President Biden personally benefited from his family's shady influence peddling of his last name and their access to him. Bank records obtained by the House Committee on Oversight have revealed a $200,000 direct payment from James and Sarah Biden to Joe Biden in the form of a personal check. Here's some important context about this check we've obtained in our investigation. In 2018, James Biden received $600,000 in loans from AmeriCorps, a financially distressed and failing rural hospital operator. According to bankruptcy court documents, James Biden received these loans, quote, based upon representations that his last name, Biden, could open doors and that he could obtain a large investment from the Middle East based on his political connections, end quote. On March 1st, 2018, AmeriCorps wired a $200,000 loan into James and Sarah Biden's personal bank account, not their business bank account. And then on the very same day, James Biden wrote a $200,000 check from this same personal bank account to Joe Biden. James Biden wrote this check to Joe Biden as a, quote, loan repayment. AmeriCorps, a distressed company, loaned money to James Biden, who then sent it to Joe Biden. Even if this was a personal loan repayment, it's still troubling that Joe Biden's ability to be paid back by his brother depended on the success of his family's shady financial dealings. Some immediate questions President Biden must answer for the American people. Does he have documents proving he lent such a large sum of money to his brother? And what were the terms of such financial agreement? Did he have similar financial agreements with other family members that led them to make similar large payments to him? 
And did he know that the same day James Biden wrote him a check for $200,000, James Biden had just received a loan for the exact same amount from business dealings with a company that was in financial distress and failing. The House Oversight Committee will soon announce our next investigative actions and continue to follow the money. The bank records don't end here. There's more to come. Yeah, there is more to come. Yeah, does he have the documents? The American people deserve to know this. Also, did Joe Biden know? Look, we know he knew, but this is why he ultimately needs to be asked these questions under oath. This is why he deserves it to the, he owes it to the American people to testify in front of Congress. The other question I have is, especially considering what's happened the last few weeks, where in the Middle East were they looking to seek a large investment from? And how could that potentially cloud his dealings with Israel? One of the things before this news came out that I wanted to focus a little bit on in the opening segment, which get to, we'll get to later in the show, was Biden's budget request in the speech last night where he asked for $105 billion, kind of the headline being $105 billion for Israel and Ukraine, when you realize that barely 10% of that request is actually for Israel. So where in the Middle East were they expecting to get this? The fact that Comer calls this shady influence peddling from the chairman of the House Oversight Committee shows you that there is a lot more with this to come. Now, you'll have some Democrats that will say, well, 2018, Joe Biden was not in office. He was not a senator. He was not the vice president at that time. He hadn't even announced his run for the presidency. But Joe Biden made it very, very clear, as you heard in that clip that we played right at the very open. We did a cold open for this right there. By the way, uh, this is Andrew Giuliani in in place of Rudy Giuliani. I haven't even said that yet so far. Um, I'm sure that many of you didn't think that Joe Biden was actually going to be coming in for Rudy Giuliani when you heard that. And and if you did, I, I got a bridge to sell you. But no, don't worry. Joe Biden is not going to be replacing Rudy Giuliani on this show. I don't even think he could do probably like two minutes of a segment. If you look at what he said last night, I think some people were impressed just that he could uh, actually give 50, a 15 minute speech, even though uh, it was riddled with problems, problems for the United States of America. But getting back into this, where were they looking to obtain their money for AmeriCorps on this deal in the Middle East? Uh, and the fact, again, that you would have the $200,000 on the very same day. I know I've repeated this, but it's, again, worth repeating. $200,000 on the very same day from AmeriCorps to, jo- to James Biden, and then James Biden writes a personal check to Joe Biden on the exact same day. That is beyond extremely suspicious. Don't let the left tell you, well, hey, look, he's a private citizen at this point. Okay, guess what? If he's a private citizen... Then why doesn't he ultimately, Joe Biden that is, disclose his lobbying efforts with American Corps, AmeriCorps? Why doesn't he the one that actually goes out and says, you know what? I am going to represent AmeriCorps. I want to be transparent to the American people. I'm considering becoming a presidential candidate. I was the former vice president, the last sitting vice president. I was a senator. So let me let the American people know that I am representing this group, that I'm going to try to make some calls and use my connections to try to help this group. No, no, he didn't do that. He had James Biden do that. James Biden did that so that way he could hide behind this. So that way, again, he did not have to be transparent to the American people on this. 
it is really, I think, just another shoot a drop. And I think James Comer has a whole lot more coming. By the way, I want to make sure we drop the number out because I want to hear from you on this and a few other things that we have to talk about. I think we might have America's mayor calling in in the next segment, as a matter of fact. Uh, but 848-9222, want you to call in. I'm going to, go to break a little bit early on this because I want to give America's mayor time to call in. He, he just called me right before we got on the show, said he wanted to call in, wanted to talk about this in the second segment. So let's go to break early. And on the other side of this break, we are expecting America's mayor. Rudy Giuliani. Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-whim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. Red Apple Podcast Network. Andrew Giuliani sitting in for America's Mayor Rudy Giuliani. Uh, news is still breaking as you're in with us today here on this uh, rainy Friday here in New York City as there will be a new speaker nominee coming after the weekend on Tuesday. It looks like Jim Jordan uh, has dropped out. But the big news here today is what we just heard from James Comer about a half hour ago, that a $200,000 check on March 1st, uh, was written from James Biden to Joe Biden right after James Biden received a $200,000 wire from AmeriCorps, which was a, fan- a financially distressed uh, and failing rural hospital operator that was using Biden, as they say in their bankruptcy court documents, because of the doors that he can open and the investment he can obtain from the Middle East. So without further ado, I want to bring in uh, the the guy, Rudolph William Giuliani, Mayor Giuliani, how are you today? How are you, Andrew? What? So, what does this tell you? I don't know if you've had a chance to even review this so yeah, far, yeah. but well, I want to get your immediate reaction. It's uh, you know, it's a little piece of the puzzle, but a good one. I mean, because it's a check. I mean, this is this is what Biden was doing for thirty years. It's kind of interesting. It brings his brother in. His brother was his original bag man before Hunter got the job. And, uh, I mean, they were selling him from the day he got in the Senate, mm-hmm. uh, all, all kinds of uh, sleazy little deals. So this really fits into the scheme that he gets half of the income. So they sold his name. And uh, I bet if you look carefully, maybe they got 400000 James gets to keep half. He, gets, he gives half to his brother. That's the way he and his brothers did it. And then Hunter takes over that deal 30 years ago. And Hunter tells you straight out, tells his daughter, for 30 years, I've been paying all the family uh, expenses, and I still give half of my income to, to Pop. He got 50% of everything. So this is a, so this is a, a nice one because have the actual check. And he says he never got any money from it. Well, two hundred. I guess he doesn't consider $200,000 money. What What does it tell you that this went through James Biden's personal accounts and not the business accounts what does that tell you trying to hide it i mean they're trying to they're trying to do it in a in a in a certain way trying to hide it and think about it you know the bidens have a little more protection a lot more protection than most people 
All these records should have been subpoenaed five years ago. I mean, all this was out there five years ago. The reason it didn't get advanced is the Justice Department and the FBI sat on their hands. I mean, how about how about uh, subpoenaing all of all of his home records and see who paid for his homes? Think you're going to find that a lot of them were paid for by a combination of Hunter and James, and that's the way they did the deal. They uh, and they really copied the Chinese. This is a Chinese form of 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 uh, of corruption, and they they the money goes through the relatives. The relative holds it, gives a percentage to the principal guy. And uh, and they try to hide it as best they can. So for the left, which I'm sure will end up saying, well, Joe was a private citizen at the time. Uh, he was not sitting vice president or senator. What what do you say to that? Well, I think, you know, this is going to require a little more investigation. First of all, I wouldn't be surprised if this doesn't go back. This arrangement with AmeriCorps doesn't go back to when he was a senator, uh, vice president and senator. He had long-term relationships with companies that bought him. Uh, MBNA Bank, for example, was the big one. In fact, he used to be called Mr. MBNA because he would cast all kinds of weird votes for a Democrat to help the bank. Ha! Huh. But the bank had his son in a no-show job, right. which where Hunter was kicking half the salary back to him. So this is, I mean, this. I am going to guess that AmeriCorps has been paying off the Bidens for a while. So, so let me ask, do you look at this as Joe Biden is kind of being the, let's say, the, the money launderer for Biden in this particular, I mean, in so many other cases, but in this particular case, now that we have a check for this, is that what Joe Biden basically is acting as? Because if Joe Biden was a private citizen, he could have been the one who actually represented AmeriCorps in this stage. There was nothing that actually was preventing him from doing that except for a lack of transparency to the American people in this particular instance, correct? Yeah, which is why I think it got, there must be a, a history to this. Right. There must be a history to this, and you, I bet we'll find it. So, uh, And you're doing a great job, Andrew, and thank you for filling in. Of course. Well, look, I know more, well, more at 8 o'clock Monday. from America's Mayor Rudy Giuliani. You can look at it on X or Twitter, as I do every single day. And he'll be back on Monday to share his full thoughts on this. Thanks a lot, America's Mayor Rudolph Giuliani. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. Rudy Giuliani. Rudy Giuliani. On the Red Apple Podcast Network. Well, the big breaking news that uh, today the House Oversight Committee Chairman uh, James Comer released a statement about 45 minutes ago showing that Joe Biden received a $200,000 check from James Biden on the very same day that James Biden received a $200,000 money wire from AmeriCorps, which was a financially distressed and failing rural hospital operator, uh, which we've seen in bankruptcy court documents. They were using James Biden based upon the connections that his last name could bring them and the doors that they could open. 
and the fact that he may be able to obtain a large investment from the Middle East based on his connections. Oh, man, it is uh, it, it's pretty wild. Like like uh, like my father just said in the last segment there, it's a another shoot a drop. It's another cog in this wheel that we have seen with the Biden crime family. The fact that they seem to continually sell out the United States of America. And the thing that I always point to is, look, I, I know a lot of times we like to talk about Hunter being uh, a drug addict and, and how, um, you know, how could a guy like this be leading on a company's board, basically, while he's admitted to be going on these drug rampages. That's the salacious stuff. You never obviously wish for somebody who is going through personal problems like that to have more personal problems. To me, it's always about the fact that Joe Biden put his son in that position to do that, exposing him more. And the worst part about all of this is the fact that he sold out the United States of America on an international front. That's the worst part about all of this. It's potentially treasonous in seeing this and seeing everything that has piled up. It is tough to believe that it is not treasonous if you actually look at this without a biased eye. So, look, we're going to get more and more into that. But before this news broke, about 15 minutes here before the show, um, I want to focus on a couple other things here. I was on with Sid and friends in the morning, and we were talking about the Biden budget request and the speech from last night where he asked for, $105 billion from Congress, which is going through their own issues right now, as we've seen, uh, it looks like, I said Kevin McCarthy, it looks like Jim Jordan will not be, will pulling his, be pulling his name out of the speaker's race here. So uh, more to be determined on that that we'll find out over the weekend. But Joe Biden was asking for $105 billion, uh, really, after everything that happened in Israel, after his trip. Now, he did say it's for Israel and Ukraine, but you would think, OK, after you make this trip, after this terrorist attack that Hamas has done uh, on Israel, uh, that the majority of the money would be for Israel or would be for the southern border. Well, actually, of the hundred and five billion dollars, 60 billion of it is going to Ukraine, whereas only 10 to 14 billion is earmarked for Israel and another 14 billion earmark for the southern border. So best case scenario, Ukraine is getting more than double the amount of money that Israel and the United States southern border is getting combined. Think about that. And by the way, in all of this, there's just $10 billion in unspecified humanitarian aid. That's They're not telling where they want those $10 billion to go. $10 billion. Think about that. And that's been the biggest problem about this funding to Ukraine. It's not necessarily, and and I'll tell you, for those of you that don't know where I stand on this issue, I think it is important that the United States stands behind Ukraine. I think it's important for American interests as well, because I think it's very important that Russia stays bogged down. The biggest problem of all this and the over $100 billion that we have sent, the taxpayers have sent, to Ukraine is the fact that it has not been transparent. We don't know where exactly that money has gone. If you were transparent and you did a full line by line of where that money was going to the American people, then you could sign off on that. But 
What my hunch tells me, having spent four years in the Trump White House and seeing how money gets wasted in Washington, is that you could probably do the same for Ukraine at about a third of the money that you're spending. So let's say it's about 120 to $130 billion. It's already been spent on Ukraine, setting aside the $60 billion already. My guess is you could do it as effectively at about, let's say, 35 to $50 billion. I'm not in the day-to-day, so it's tough to tell you exactly what that number is, and also because we don't have a clear account of where all this money has gone already. But when you think about that, the wasted, let's say, 70 to $80 billion of American taxpayer dollars at a time when inflation is high, when we're seeing gas prices go through the roof, and they're going to continue to go through the roof, um, it's extremely irresponsible. And that's why you've seen the support for funding Ukraine dive. If there was transparency, then I think the support actually would grow from where it originally was. But the fact, again, that basically Biden is using, he's using this terrorist attack in Hamas and his trip to Israel, which he just got back from, not as a narrow-minded call for support in Israel, or even calling for support in Israel and realizing that we have a major problem here in the United States of America, which is the southern border and the fact that we don't necessarily know who's coming into our country right now at a time when you have a terrorist organization chanting eradicate Jews and death to America. Yeah, Joe, that's a problem. So maybe the majority of the money should be here for the home front, securing our borders, and then making sure that our number one ally in the world, Israel, the greatest example of democracy probably in the world when you consider the sharks that are swimming all around it, all around it, that don't just dislike Israel, but think that Israel does not have a right to exist as a country think the Jews don't have a right to exist, period, want to eradicate them, wipe them off the face of the earth. When you think about that, probably the majority of the money should actually go there. But another story that caught my eye and, and one of the things personally that I've talked a lot about with my wife recently is, you know, we've got a almost two year old daughter now. She's almost 23 months, a little grace, and, and she's just, uh, you know, just like. Every child, it's the, the light of your life. And just every single moment to me, I'm, I'm so thrilled that every little thing that she ends up doing, good and bad. We actually, last night, uh, we went to the park and we got in a little fight at the park, Grace and I, because she actually was trying to climb up the stairs and was not waiting her turn. And just like a Giuliani, as many of you know, us Giulianis are a little bit thick headed. I said, you got to look at daddy's eye here when daddy's saying something. And she was not looking at daddy's eye there. But one of the things my wife and I talk about all the time, probably even more than public safety here in New York City, we talk about what her education is going to look like in New York City. Is New York the best place for her education? Now, we're talking about at this point pre-kindergarten, kindergarten, grade school. But, you know, we are looking, obviously, at everything that's happening right now on college campuses and the pro-Hamas groups that are coming out there. Well, I was really, really proud to see... Uh, an Israeli-American Columbia Business School assistant professor, the guy's name is Shai Davidai, uh, speaking out really against what's going on on the Columbia campus and speaking out against the president of Columbia University. Uh, the last name is Shafiq. Let's go to cut 
32. And where are you, President Shafiq of Columbia University? We are waiting for you to eradicate all pro-terror student organizations from campus. Yeah, let's also go to cut 31 here, because this actually talks about his young kids, seven-year-old son. And remember, this is an Israeli guy uh, who is, he's actually, he does not practice Judaism right now. I think he's going to explain this here, but I think it's fascinating how he gets deeper in this. Cut 31. I have an amazing seven-year-old son. Every night before I tuck him to sleep, we read a chapter of Harry Potter. (laughs) And yet... To the students, to the pro-terror student organizations at Columbia, my seven-year-old son is a legitimate target of resistance just because he's Israeli. I have a two-year-old daughter, a feisty two-year-old daughter. She has two sons (laughs) that are her favorite, Baby Shark and Shake It Off by Taylor Swift. Grace loves Baby Shark, too. to the pro-terror student organizations on campus here and at Harvard and at NYU and at Stanford and at Berkeley and at Northwestern. My two-year-old daughter is a legitimate target of resistance. That is what they are selling. You are allowed to murder and kidnap my two-year-old daughter in the name of resistance. Think about the... I don't know, the coldness in your heart you must have to go out to spend the time. They're obviously not researching this because if they were researching this from an unbiased perspective, they would realize that uh, that they were supporting uh, terrorist propaganda, terrorist propaganda, by the way. Um, but think about the coldness in your heart that it must take to go out and protest against a group of people that the group you're protesting for is saying they don't have the right to exist and doing it in light at a time right after those Jews were these kids. These kids were beheaded. Kids the age of grace and his two-year-old daughter were beheaded. How old ladies were burned alive women raped and these kids at these schools are going to go out there and yell and protest saying palestinians are oppressed are you kidding me and they're asking for dignity for palestine well i have to tell you you don't get a right to dignity when you subscribe to a belief that any people, the Jewish people, do not have a right to exist. You don't get that. You forfeit that. And until there is some real enlightenment over there, and by the way, ladies and gentlemen, I hate to tell you, I wish this is something that could be done with a snap of a finger. This is going to take time. And by time, I don't mean years. This is going to take decades. Because this might even take hundreds of years. Because if you think about this, these are problems that have existed since before Christ, we're talking 5,000 years. This is not something that's going to be solved certainly overnight, or let's say over the course of administration, let's say. This is going to take a long time. Let's go to cut 34 about Shai David I, this Columbia University professor, calling out the 
president of Colombia for all the craziness, the radicalness that has been going on on our Ivy League and college campuses across the country. And I'm telling every parent in the United States, it does not matter if you're Jewish or Christian or Muslim or Hindu or Buddhist or an atheist like myself. Rape is never okay. Right. Not as an act of resistance, not as an act of revenge. Rape is never okay. Rape is never okay. Righteous indignation. One more cut because this directly invokes New York City and what happened to us. When we say never forget, this is an intersection of never forget, right? We never forget the Holocaust. We never forget what happened on September 11th. Let's cut to 36. Can you imagine in the city that had to endure 9-11? The worst attack on American soil. Can you imagine that here we have pro-terror student organizations? No. You know, I. I, it's so mind-blowing when you actually think about it. And uh, I remember going to school, and I covered this a little bit last week, and seeing the pro-Palestinian signs. I was prepared for it, right? I had been exposed to politics at a very young age i had known about uh arafat my father took a you know real interest in making sure that arafat was not invited to uh the 50th anniversary celebrations for the united nations and so this is something that i was learning as nine and ten years old but most college kids even at a school like duke where i went to where you know, you've got to be somewhat smart. I, I was lucky that I could hit a golf ball, so that's why, you know, my lack of intelligence was able to get me into the school there. But uh, you have to be somewhat smart to be able to get in there. Um, these kids, they just are not prepared to take on the actual propaganda that they are being, I guess, just thrown at them by these professors, by these interest groups. That's really what's happening. Well, look, when we get back, we're going to tune in for the mayor's final thoughts. We're going to come right on back after this break. America's mayor, Rudy Giuliani. Well, the mayor's final thoughts are sponsored by Tunnel the Towers Foundation. Uh, donate $11 a month at T2T.org. That's T2T.org. You know, one of the things I did earlier in the day, actually, I ran by it uh, during the Tunnel to Towers run just about a month ago, uh, was I was at the NYPD Memorial Wall in Battery Park where they had a dedication of 79 new names of NYPD officers, detectives that uh, passed away in the line of duty. Um, and I was there specifically for somebody who I called like a second father to me, uh, detective first grade retired, uh, and since passed, uh, Terrence Mulvey. Uh, it was a wonderful ceremony. You had the DEA task force that was there. They came out, uh, in force. You had, uh, police commissioner Eddie Caban. Uh, he gave a wonderful speech about the promise that these men and women had made that oath that they had kept. And to me, at a time when you've had our police officers, I know there's so much else going on with Biden today, seeing this and and everything that's going on in Israel, but I think it's so important to get back to 
where the truth about our NYPD and really many of our police forces, most of our police forces around the country. Um, the NYPD over the last 30 years has done the best law enforcement job in recorded history, in recorded world history. Just look at the numbers. But on an individual level, what I could tell you is the reason why they've done such a great job is because the overwhelming majority of those men and women that wear the badge, they care and they love their community. They care for their community when they sign in and they're on the job. And guess what? When they're off, they love it and care just as much. It's not just for a paycheck. And I can tell you with Terrence in particular, um, he started a charity called Toys for Children, where the first year in the early 80s, they raised a few hundred dollars. By the end, he raised over $50,000. And he would dress up as Santa Claus and, and give out toys to children uh, in the hospital, to all the sick children that couldn't be home on Christmas. Um, and after he retired, he became the assistant principal at Cardinal Hayes High School. He was a dean of discipline. And I used to joke I prepared him very well for a dean of discipline job because there was a whole lot of discipline that came along with being on my detail and having to look after me. Uh, but he's someone that I grew up idolizing and someone uh, that I miss every day. I've said this on with Sid this morning, but it's really true. When when Grace was born um, and I got out of the delivery room, I called my mother then I called my father and then I called Terry and uh, Terry passed a few a few days later, but, uh, I know that, uh, I know that Grace's, uh, my mother-in-law, Grace's grandma, her Machuta, as we call her, uh, is her angel up there. But when Machuta takes a little time off, Terry's the one that's looking out for her. But that's, that's who our men and women in blue are. And I don't want us to forget that because we have been told, as my friends at Duke said during the lacrosse case, the captain of the Duke team, Dave Evans said in that case, to quote him, we have been told fantastic lies about our police over the last few years. And the same people that are telling you those lies, that have told you those lies about the police, saying that they are the problem, that they are inherently racist. They're the same people that are out there right now supporting these terrorist groups. They're the same exact people if you look at the people that are out there protesting. You can look at the side-by-sides of the faces. And I just want to thank you for everything that you do for our city every day, especially you look at the last few days when they've been all hands on deck, making sure that terrorist activity does not happen here in the greatest city in the world, New York. For whatever problems we have, we're still the greatest city in the world. And so thank you, NYPD. Thank you. Detective Mulvey, I miss you and I love you every day. Well, look, there was so much we didn't get a chance to talk to. I didn't get a chance to take your calls today because we had this uh, unbelievable bombshell news of Joe Biden getting his $200,000 check that I'm sure Bo Snurdly will talk about next. What a great guy. Uh, we didn't get to talk about Greta Thornburg posting an anti-Semitic post, which she took down immediately, and then apologizing for the teddy bear, not for anything that she said that was anti-Semitic. Greta, you're crazy. By the way... If you had oil here in America drilling, we wouldn't be as reliant on Iran and other terrorist activity. Well, God bless America. We'll see you on Monday.